Welcome to CIV Online, and today we're wrapping up the series we've called The Difference. In this series, we've been taking a look at the impact of the Christian movement and asking the question, is the world better or worse because of Christianity? Some people throughout the years have blamed different problems on Christians and Christianity. So we're doing our own version of Mythbusters to break up the myth that Christianity has been damaging to the world. Today, we're talking about the opposition, how the Christian movement has moved forward despite opposition. Christians in areas that are hostile to Christianity suffer painful persecution. However, they press on despite opposition. Jesus told us to expect persecution and opposition in the world. There is a parade of men and women whose lives have been changed by Jesus Christ and they are willing to suffer and continue to spread the gospel despite the opposition they face. Richard Wormbrand was an evangelical minister who endured 14 years of communist imprisonment and torture in his homeland of Romania. Let's watch this video together, which dramatizes his experience in the, the prison. After being arrested, I spent the next three years in a solitary cell. It was enough to drive any man mad. The martyr Savonarola wrote, There are those who believe in God and those who, just as sincerely, believe that they believe. Now I had to ask myself, Did I believe in God? We are persecuted but not abandoned. So please do not abandon us. My wife Sabina had also been arrested. My son Mihai, last orphan. Sabina would spend the next 18 months in a slave labor camp on the Danube. In these my darkest hours, my only hope was in prayer. course in prison, prayer was forbidden. In spite of the beatings, I prayed every day. I prayed God would give me strength to endure. And of course, I prayed for my family. feet were beaten so often and so brutally. Communism had stripped them of any form of humanity and only God's love could restore them.
te rogi, mă? Iar te rogi? Ești tâmpit! Băiatul tău nu mai are casă! Nevoastă ta e arestată! Viața ta e distrusă, mă, băiatule! Și tu te rogi în continuare la Dumnezeu la tău care nici măcar n-are chip! Pentru ce căcat te mai rogi, mă? Pentru ce te mai rogi tu acum? Mă rugam pentru tine. I hated the sin, but never the sinner. And some were even won to Christ. There are many who have been opposed and even martyred for their faith in Christ over the past 2,000 years. What's amazing in these stories is that when they faced opposition, they continued to move the movement forward, and they never backed down. They, they didn't give up their faith. Richard Wormbrand led his ministry and spoke about his experiences until dying at 91. Over the past 2,000 years, There have been many attempts in history to stop the Christian movement. Jesus' crucifixion was the first attempt. The Jews and Romans thought that the crucifixion would stop it. But here is Peter launching the Christian movement in Acts 2. And he's preaching in, in Acts 2. And this is what he says. Men of Israel, listen to these words. This Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man pointed out to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Jesus did all kinds of good, like his movement has. We've we followed in his footsteps, really. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, You use lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. This was God's plan all along. But God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Death would not hold him. The crucifixion didn't stop the movement of Christ followers. It was necessary to get to the resurrection where all the power is. The resurrection provides the power for good that's available to Jesus' followers if they tap into it. For Jesus' early followers, it was more of the same. The early Christians faced opposition by persecution. Here are some examples of the opposition they faced. There were plots against them. They were under constant threat of bodily harm. Sometimes they stayed in the city under threats and continued to minister, and other times they left, depending on what God directed them to do. This time, they fled. <clears throat> There were also, they were also attacked by an angry mob. It's interesting. A mob traveled from Iconium to Lystra, hunting for Paul's missionary team to take them out. 
Antioch is 71 miles from Lystra. It's a two and a half hour drive. So you can imagine it's over rough terrain. So you can imagine the walk, how long it would take to walk there. So you must feel a major threat to the status quo to walk 71 miles through rough terrain to attack someone. And that's what they did, this angry mob. In Philippi, they were beaten and jailed. Here, here they were dragged into the marketplace as an ob- object lesson, beaten right in the middle of the marketplace and thrown in jail. Also, harboring missionaries put them in harm's way. Acts 17, 6 through 9 says, When they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here too, and Jason has received them as guests. So he was harboring the missionary team. They were all acting contrary to Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, Jesus. The Jews stirred up the crowd and the city officials who heard these things. So taking a security bond from Jason and the others, they released him. So he got out on bail. Jason received mission, uh, Paul's missionary team into his home. He let them stay there, and he paid for it. He was drugged out of town and put in jail. Jesus said we could expect this kind of opposition. He, th- this, this incident shows you the heart of why Jesus and his movement has faced so much opposition. Power structures are threatened by Christians because they have another king. We serve the Lord Jesus. And we don't bow to them. We, we don't worship them. And so, uh, this means that nobody controls a Christian. Jesus is their master. He's our master and the one we follow. And <clears throat> power is a major goal for most of the world. And governments love to grow big and show their power. Christians are a threat because they can't be controlled. They serve another master. This infuriates many in power. Jesus and his followers were turning the world upside down, which means right side up from God's perspective. And it says here in Acts 17.6, these men who turn the world upside down have come here too. We're part of the 17.6 network of churches. Acts 17.6 is where our network name comes from. And we aim to create life-changing churches throughout the cities of the world who turn the world upside down. Who, when you step into them, there's a river that draws you toward the values on the heart of God. And When the world's turned upside down, it's right side up from God's perspective. Let's ask the question now. If Christianity has done so much good, why have there been attempts, so many attempts to stop it? 
First of all, God's enemy, Satan, is behind the opposition. In his wisdom, God allows our enemy to oppose us. Revelation 13, when talking about Satan, says, And he was permitted to wage war against the saints and to conquer them. He was also given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. Satan has a limited amount of authority in our world, and he's, he's a powerful being. And that's where the opposition comes from, the enemy of God, Satan. Ephesians 6 explains that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our enemy is spiritual, and he is stirring up the power structures and ourselves personally to oppose Christians. The good news is that Jesus defeated our enemy on the cross. Colossians 2.15, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by the cross. He made a public spectacle of our enemy on the cross. And the enemy was defeated by Jesus and he was completely fooled. He thought he had won the war by defeating Jesus, by crucifying him on the cross. But that wasn't the truth. That needed to happen so we could get to the resurrection, which provides the power for forgiveness to all who receive him and to change the world as well. That's what's been happening in the Christian movement. Jesus has been leading us to change the world. Another reason there is opposition to Christianity is that most people resist change and they go to we we go to great lengths to oppose anything perceived as a threat to our status quo. Jesus stated goal of heart change is a threat to many people. We feel a threat because Jesus wants to change us for the good but we're not quite sure we can trust what he's going to do with us if we give our heart and life to him. Frankly, many people like their life the way it is, and they resist allowing Jesus to change them because of the threat he is to life as they know it, to normal. Normal is like a cozy blanket that we don't want to give up. Like Linus didn't want to give up his blanket. He never gave it up. He never let go of it. Now, <clears throat> this is why we resist change on a personal level. So Satan is driving the power structures to stir up change or stir up opposition. And we personally, we don't want to change necessarily. So let me be honest for a moment. All of this talk of opposition, persecution, and pain causes much concern. Most of us have never experienced the kind of opposition and persecution that we've been reading about. Just the thought of something painful happening to me, to my wife, to my kids, my grandkids, that, that can make us very uncomfortable. You, you might think 
why are we bringing this whole message series to a conclusion on a downer, on a low note? Here's my answer to that. If you are a genuine follower of Christ, you are a part of a movement that is stronger and more resilient than anything you've ever seen on this planet. God works to strengthen us. You get to be a part of the household of God. People who are distinguished by a faith that is stronger than steel. In my opinion, that's not a downer. That's inspiring. John Dickinson, the author of The Jesus Skeptic, who, and we've been using that book to gather some of the information for this series, he wrote this. The Christian movement has not been stopped by tanks or swords or dictators. When the Soviet Union outlawed Christianity, Christians kept meeting, even when many were killed or sentenced to freeze in the icy gulag camps. And when Nero and other ancient Roman emperors began feeding Christians to the lions in the Colosseums, and when Nero lit Christians on fire to illuminate his garden parties at night, the movement kept growing. When men used swords to slaughter whole villages of Jesus followers, or when devout Christians peacefully live, living in monasteries were run through, the movement still continued to advance around the world. The crescendo of Jesus' influence hasn't been stopped by fashion trends or language barriers. It hasn't been stopped by continental divides, cultural divides, or the implosion of civilizations. Ever since Jesus lived and claimed to be God, this movement has been growing, and no power on earth or in hell has been able to silence, stifle, or stop it. I take encouragement from that. That That's what's happened in history. Seeing the endurance of godly men and women before me leads me to believe that I have access to a faith that is much stronger than I realize. I want to take some time today to encourage you to think about what God said to you this, whenever you're watching this. And I want to encourage you to consider some next steps. I have some suggestions. There may be others that you want to take. But here it is. Decide now. The first step I want to suggest is decide now that I will trust God, come what may. I put myself in the shoes of martyrs, and I, I wondered what it would be like to face death because of your faith. How would I respond? And I've come to the conclusion that I will trust God and will never recant or back down. If I experience severe persecution, I believe God will give me grace in that moment. That's how he does it. He gives you the grace to bear up under whatever you're facing. He doesn't necessarily give grace ahead of time, but he gives it in that moment. And I have determined to trust him. Along similar lines, another step I can take is now, right now, is ask God for courage to keep spreading the message here. 
We may feel intimidated by individual people who ridicule or threaten us, who mock the things that we believe. And we may also feel intimidated by the huge shifts that are happening in our culture right now. In in many ways, our society is moving away from the things that please God. And it's we're in a post-Christian reality. It it feels like darkness and confusion and twisting the truth is on the rise. It I don't I don't know how it compares to other eras, but it that's what it feels like to me. Don't get into despair. Let's ask God for the courage to keep sharing the good news, to keep shining light on his ways. Let us boldly stand for what is right and say what is right, even when it's very unpopular or even under ridicule. If you read further in Acts 17, protesters followed Paul to Berea. And again, they go out of their way to persecute Paul's team. Paul moves further west to spread the gospel, but two guys, Silas and Timothy, stay put. In the face of opposition, they stay there, and they fight, and they work through to continue to spread the good news of the gospel. They continue the work in Berea. Since we have brothers and sisters who are experiencing greater persecution than we are, another step we can take is to pray for those in hostile regions. Paul was imprisoned. When when Paul was in prison, he asked for prayer. So we can pray for them. We, We can pray for release and protection, but also that God would use the painful situations they're facing as a door for the word of God to be shared, for the gospel to go out. We spent... Six weeks talking about the impact of the Christian movement. And perhaps now you have more of a reason to declare that our world is truly better off because Christ lived, died, and was raised and because the Christian movement has continued his work in the world. That That's... That's what I see. <laughs> um, I, I want to bring the series to, close, to a close by asking two questions. First of all, will you entrust your life to Jesus Christ? You, you can see that the message of Jesus has been spreading. It's been unstoppable throughout the ages. Christ followers have been growing in number. And God may be wanting this message of hope to spill over into your life. More than likely, the spiritual forces are opposing you. You're resisting change. You don't want to give your heart to to Christ. And they're blocking you. The spiritual forces are blocking you from taking the next step in your spiritual journey. Just as we read about the many examples of opposition today, you may feel an internal battle, and I I bet you do. Maybe you want to establish Jesus Christ as your Lord, 
but something is blocking you. Jesus taught that we all carry shame, guilt, pain, and regret around with us, and we put it, we carry a backpack. It's like carrying a backpack full of rocks that weighs us down. We have painful memories, broken identities, regrets, and failures. That's why Jesus said he will give rest to restless souls that seek him. If you need real peace in your life, it's time that you remove the obstacles and push through the opposition to giving your life to Christ and cross the line of faith. If you, if you want to do that, we want to help. There's a, a place on the connection card that you can check, contact me about uh, clarifying my commitment to Christ. We'd love to do that. Or you could write on the connection card, um, committing my life to Christ. And we, we'd love to give you some help with that decision. My second question is for Christians. Will you make your life about God's kingdom and not your own kingdom? We fill the pool toward building our own kingdoms and looking out for our own interests. That's, that's why we want to live in safer, nicer places. But if you decided to make a real difference in our world, you just might be signing up for opposition. And, and that's actually the way it works. Whenever God provides an opportunity in ministry, there's opposition. And that's called the double O's. Opportunity and opposition. You you can count on that coming. Opposition to attending a church event. You get sick. Opposition to being generous. An unexpected bill comes up. Opposition to invest in the church. A fun personal active activity gets in the way, and you want to do that. Opposition to encourage someone else. You, you get discouraged, and you don't want to encourage anybody. God will bring you opportunities this week and throughout the summer as well. Plan on the enemy bringing you opposition as well. Opposition is a normal part of the Christian life. Opposition doesn't always mean that you're doing something wrong. We translated that. If we don't know to expect opposition, we don't know that we have an enemy that comes against us and we need to resist the enemy, uh, then we don't know that opposition comes in the midst of doing right. Your life is going to be about something. You can decide to make your life about God's kingdom, and I want to encourage you to do that. We we can make little shifts and decisions to stop building our own little kingdom, and and that pleases and glorifies God. God will advance his plans regardless of what we do, but he gives us the opportunity to sacrifice and join him in his work. What a privilege. Will you inconvenience yourself and be a part of making an eternal difference along with the parade of people whose lives have been changed by Jesus Christ? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for 
the truth that you've spoken and for the way that you work in us. Through the power of your resurrection, you have continued the movement forward after Jesus died, was buried, and raised again. You've continued the movement forward of the Christian movement. We, We are the church who are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And I, I pray that you'd give us a faith that is stronger than steel and that you'd be honored as we set out to obey you and, and please you, God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.